0: I don't think it was made for that. Selfie, dude, wasn't made for that. Just like that video, um, there's times where we, we try to um, fit our life uh, into a mold just because it's the only mold that's available, um, and sometimes uh, you can be doing something that you're good at um, and you're successful at it, but there's just this inward crave and this inward wonder that when I see Jesus face to face did I do what I was made for? It's very interesting because um, there's a guy in the Bible by the name of uh, Paul, the Apostle Paul. He wrote more than half of the New Testament. And uh, he had a very successful tent business. That's how he made his living. And uh, But he, his, his purpose, what he was made for, was not to have just a successful tent business. Um, he was his purpose, his assignment was to make sure that he was telling people about Jesus to the best of his ability. So we all have a job, or we all need a job, I should say. If you don't have a job, I'm gonna pray for you to get a job. Uh, but we all have a job, but that's how we put bread on the table. Um, and uh, But there's a certain purpose, there's a certain assignment that God has for us. And last week in part one, I talked about two things. I said that we were uh, made to be connected to God and to be connected to his family. Uh, We were made for that. And so if you missed it, uh, you can grab the CD out in the lobby. They're $5 a piece. If you don't have any cash on you, just ask for it and they'll give it to you for free. But we are made to be connected to God. And the Bible says this, that uh, if we pursue, if we stay laser focused On God and the kingdom of God, knowing that we're only going to be on this earth for a short while, that he'll add everything else we need to our life. And sometimes we get so consumed about the things that we need in our life, we spend all our time, energy, and effort making these things that we need better or to bring them into our life. And we take our relationship with God and put it on the back burner. But it's actually the opposite. The Bible says that if we seek first the kingdom of God, if we're laser focused on him, he'll make sure that the other things come into our lives. And so I want to talk a little bit about that. So last week I talked about being connected to God and be connected to his family. Today, I wanna talk about two more things. And so if you're taking notes, I'm just gonna tell you my whole sermon in like 10 seconds, but don't leave, to be be like Jesus and to serve Jesus. So everything that I talk about today is gonna be on those two points. To be like Jesus and to serve Jesus. When God made you, He drew you in the ground, breathe life into you. The primary purpose is so that we would be like Jesus and to serve Jesus, to be like him and to serve him. Now, there are uh, two ways that we become like him. Let me read this in the Bible in 1 John chapter 2, verse 6. It says, anyone who says he is a Christian should live as Christ did. Now how in the world do you and I become like Jesus? That feels impossible. Impossible. If you were to live a day in the life with Frankie Mazapica, I've got Italian blood inside of me and so I usually shoot and then aim. I I usually get ahead of myself and then back up and go, what did I just do? That's my whole life. If you talk to me in the lobby, you're going to see this little raw spot on my skin right here between my eyes because I've done this a million times. Oh, my God, what did I just do? What did I just do? I need lotion just for that spot right there. What did I just do? What did I just do? My whole life, what did I just do? And so when I read a scripture that I'm supposed to be like Jesus, I go, (laughs) tell me another joke. Tell me another joke. Okay, so a horse walks into a bar. That's where, that's where I'm at. And so there's two ways that God kind of comes into our life, gets into our world to make us like Jesus. And the first thing is he uses trouble. Anyone have any trouble this morning? Oh, Yeah. Oh yeah. We got some trouble. The Bible says this as long as you're in the world, you're going to have trouble. In the very first book of the Bible, God told Adam and Eve in the garden said take dominion over the earth. In other words, there's a snake coming. <laughs> All right, take dominion because the snake came and tried to deceive them. And and I think most of you guys know the story. But when trouble comes, that's when God starts molding our hearts and molding our minds. Let me just share uh, a a thought with you. In, In James chapter one, verse two, it says this. Dear brothers, is your life full of difficulties and temptations? Then be happy for when the way is rough, your patience has a chance to grow. So let it grow and don't try to squirm out of your problems for when your patience is finally in full bloom, then you will be ready for anything strong in character, full and complete. I'd like to say this, that everything is father-filtered. Everybody say that with me when I get to three, father-filtered, one, two, three. Father-filtered. All right, one more time, one, two, three. Father-filtered. And the last time, one, two, three. God filters, your father in heaven filters everything that comes into your life. No, that's not going to come into his life. No, that's not going to come into her life. No, yes, no, yes, yes, no, no, yes, yes, no, no, yes. And how does he make these decisions? Because he is not trapped in time and he sees you 10 years from now. And there's certain trouble that has to come into your life My life, unfortunately, I wish this was one of those sermons where I'm preaching just to you and it doesn't apply to me Um, because I've got like a trouble. If I were to write it down on the list, I could just unroll it all the way to Galveston, all right? (laughs) Uh, trouble just comes to my door. It knows exactly where I live. Um, Because when God looks at you and I, he sees where we're supposed to be five years from now, and he says, yes, this can, no, that can't. Yes, this can, no, that can't. But everything's filtered, so we can just kind of rest in our heart. If it's happening to me, it's best for me. Now, I know that that is a huge, humongous pill to swallow. But let me just kind of share this this one thought through a a story. Uh, I heard of this uh, wealthy, wealthy, wealthy guy who loved to throw extravagant parties. Loved to throw extravagant parties. And in his backyard, he had this pool, this Olympic-sized pool. And um, uh, all of a sudden, he filled this pool with a whole bunch of alligators and crocodiles, and all of a sudden he got the attention of everybody in his backyard. He said, hey, hey, everyone. The first person to jump into this pool and swim to the other side and make it alive, I'm gonna give you a million dollars and no sooner than he got that out of his mouth, he heard a splash. He turns around, and there is this guy swimming with all of his might. Everyone is freaking out. He gets to the other side the owner of the house comes walking up to him and says, I cannot believe you jumped in. Where did you find the courage to jump into the pool? And he said, well, I don't know about courage, but I want to find the guy that pushed me in. (laughs) So here he is a millionaire, all because some guy pushed him in. Now, he's upset. He's mad. But after he calms down and realizes he's got a million dollars in the bank, that's going to be kind of nice. I just want to say, nobody volunteers to jump into a pool full of alligators. And I just want to say, sometimes the Lord will allow a situation to come into our life to just push us in. And when we get in, this is what we look like. And the Lord is just standing back and he's saying, I know this is hard. I know this is hard. But in about two weeks, this whole season's going to be over. In about six months, this whole season's going to be over. Here's a big one. If you just had a kid and your kid doesn't go to kindergarten until he turns five, in about five years... (laughs) This whole season's going to be over. (laughs) If you have kids...